Uh, All right, three. This is uh, two. Yes. One. Game time. Welcome to another episode of Pre-Game Conference. I'm Zach. I'm Nudrad. And today, I have notes. Today, we are joined by an esteemed guest, a mentor that, um, or somebody, Nudrad and I consider a mentor, when we were in college especially, and is joining us today as a psychotherapy, a psychotherapist who has his own practice. Mm -hmm. um, he started off working with foster children, but, is now, but now specializes in many things, including relationships, among many others. So with that being said, without further ado, cheers. Cheers. And please introduce yourself. First names only, say whatever you need to say to introduce yourself. Yeah, so again, my name is John. I'm a psychotherapist, been practicing for seven years. I am a gamma beta. Um, and I am, uh, I guess, the founder of the UTSA chapter. Okay. Um, and uh, just a quick disclaimer, since uh, I am a professional, uh, I want to let all our viewers know that anything that I say today or in this uh, episode is not necessarily advice. Uh, I'm not uh, going to be talking uh, in those parameters. It's going to be outside of those parameters. It's going to be some biased opinions. I'll be honest about that. And mm -hmm. uh, But I'll try to do my best to clarify when I have facts and when something is an opinion. Okay. It's fair. Really good. And it's also going to be pretty fun. So you can also not, uh, you don't have to be like, Game mode. You don't, yeah, you don't have to be on. We have to be yeah, on. Oh yeah. have to Especially you, Dread. <laughs> and though we right. drink, so we can not be on the whole time. Yeah, looking um, forward to it. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun things to talk about because, uh, excuse me, sorry, I'm going to bring this up because I'm blind as fuck and I can't see. Um, I wanted to utilize having you on the episode because you have a lot of professional experience and knowledge. Um, most of the time when we discuss things, it's just... Uh, it's usually conjecture and based on, of course, biased opinions, right? Mm -hmm. um, we have different opinions on things and they usually tend to align, but it's only us um, speculating things and just going off of our past experiences. But uh, yeah, I was very excited to have you on because you can actually bring in like a more scientific side of it since you've studied a lot of relationships and this is a dating podcast. Some people apparently don't know that. <laughs> No, we're, 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 uh, we're number, we're number six eight in Italy for self improvement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're improving, but hey, thank you, thank you for listening, Italians. Yeah, Italians, like I, didn't, uh, I wasn't sure about that. What's the story there? Um, yeah, we just received an email from Anchor, which is our podcast aggregator. Apparently, um, out of the Italian Spotify listeners, we are ranked sixty eight in. Um, self-development, which is weird, but we're, we're taking it. Yeah, we're thinking that there's only 70 self-improvement <laughs> podcasts. That's why we were at 68. <laughs> gotcha. yeah, hopefully that's not the case. Um, but yeah, so what, uh, I was very, also very curious as to, um, like what, uh, well, did you want to come to the episode or to the podcast because you wanted to provide a professional experience? Cause we also joke around and I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like I'm not taking your shit seriously because of course I am. Oh man, let's just go with the flow. Cause <laughs> even even in my work, even in my professional work, a big part of what I do. Okay, so I'm a what's considered an existential humanistic therapist. It's Ooh. a particular type of therapy, 
And one of the big emphasis is on authenticity. Hmm. So uh, I am more than happy. I'm in my element when I can just be myself and not worry too much, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I gave the disclaimer. Nice. So that I had the freedom to do that. Yeah, okay, so, perfect. Okay, perfect. Here we are. Perfect. perfect, perfect. Great. So yeah, which actually brings me to the first thing I wanted to talk to you about. In your experience, what is uh, what, what would you say are the main issues people tend to bring over from one relationship to another? Ooh, good question. Yeah, trauma. Ah. So trauma is, is, is uh, something that uh, everybody to some degree is going to bring a little bit of past trauma into their relationship. And the reason I say that is because the previous relationship, it's exactly that. It ended. Mm-hmm. And it ended for a reason. It's not pretty. It's going to hurt. And you're going to have some level of trauma. Some people more traumatized than others. And whatever that trauma is, you're going to bring it into your your next relationship uh, in some form or fashion. Right. I think the 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 antidote to that problem is becoming self-aware. Which is what? Which is learning about your trauma, mm-hmm. learning what happened to you, having dialogue about it, talking about it. Yeah crystallizing what the experience was rather than like having this chaotic uh understanding or confusing understanding of what happened crystallizing what happened Mm -hmm. uh, pinpointing the ways that it affect you and identifying uh how it influences your current behavior in your relationship Mm. and then taking steps to modify those behaviors right so from a broad standpoint, that makes perfect sense. Um, I guess I was more so wondering what specific trauma have you seen occur the most sure. common? Yeah. Um, shoot, that's an easy answer. Emotional abuse. Uh, Emotional from, abuse. From, emo- from women, right? Uh, yeah, well, I would say, uh, yeah, from, from women, that is my experience, yeah. Uh, that's my personal experience. I get but, it, yeah. Why um, do you get it? I don't get it. Why was that your first... Uh, women would be the ones who experience emotional trauma oh, more. Oh, experience. Yeah, yeah, right? That's what you're referring to. Or are they the ones that cause it? Because goddamn, I believe that. No, no, no. We, I, I think we. my personal experience is that I have been emotionally abused by women because I have not been in relationships with men. Right. That's, oh, that's what, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I, I thought I, I was asking personal experience like on the job. As a, as on the job. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. What I would say is everybody does it to each other and they don't realize it everybody's abusing each other interesting abusing so uh, in what way like do they is this malicious intention so okay this is a very interesting topic uh-huh. so when we when we look at malicious the word malicious yeah that implies intent yeah of course so if we look at intent we're looking at choice mm-hmm and different parts of the brain allow you to have more choice than others. So when we go back into the more primal parts of the brain, there's no free will. That's just instinct. And that is the subconscious mind. Hmm. So sometimes people are doing things subconsciously back here in this part of the brain. And it's more of an instinctual or what I would say is an existential thing. But sometimes people are making decisions based off of what's here. And this is the only place where we really 
have free will uh, and where choice is made. So if somebody is making a decision from up here, then we might be able to say it's malicious, malicious in intent. So, but that would require a level of that. That's the conscious and aware part of the brain. But wouldn't that itself imply that people who are doing malicious things without intent, without it being intentional, like they're just subconsciously doing it, is that like an excuse for them to continue doing it then? Because they can't control it. Uh, yeah. Does that does that void them of responsibility? Right. Because it's just, uh, it's human instinct. Hey, I'm sorry I tripped and fucked that girl, even though we're in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. instinctual. Right. So responsibility is the next thing in question when we're looking at relationships. Mm-hmm. Meaning what? So, okay, so that is, that's a huge question that every couple is going to have to face. Mm. Is who is taking responsibility for those traumas? And does that person who has trauma and is projecting it into the relationship, do they have responsibility over that? Uh, and how much does the other partner have over that? Like, let's say, for example, a uh, girl comes into a relationship, she was emotionally and physically abused, whatever, and she projects that into the relationship somehow, some kind of insecurity, and punishes the boyfriend for no reason. The boyfriend didn't do anything wrong. It's just a trigger from the past, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that's maybe a subconscious thing. There's responsibility on both sides. So girl, girlfriend in that situation, right? She has to take ownership that that is coming from her. Boyfriend has to take responsibility for the fact that I am in a committed relationship with this person and I'm going to do what it takes to make this work. His responsibility is to be sensitive okay. to Fair. her trauma, but he is not necessarily 100% responsible for her <laughs> emotions. 100%. How would you, how would you divvy that up exactly? Um, is it would, 50-50? No. No, no, right? no, no. Okay, good. I Correct. would say the majority... We're anti-50-50 here. Yeah, yeah, anti-50-50. I would say 90-10. I would say 90-10. Really? 90-10. I would say 90% is on the person who was traumatized and bringing the baggage into the relationship. That's fair. That's right. Yeah, it's that's on fair, their fair. side of the fence. What is on the other person's side of the fence is the general understanding that in a relationship, you are going to try. Mm. You're going to put forth effort. That's what you're responsible to. Right. Is effort. The other 90%, that's on their side of the fence. Okay, so I actually have an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Yes, please, yeah, please. It's my, it's my Chick-fil-A story. Oh, <laughs> okay. So... I was actually, I was at a Chick-fil-A in Austin Bergstrom Airport. Um, I think I was heading out to India or something. I don't know. Damn, this very well-traveled. Yeah. And uh, so I was, I was there and it was during the pandemic. Everybody was social distancing. We were six feet apart in line. And then there was a mom and a little toddler girl uh, in the cafeteria and they wanted to exit the cafeteria. They could either go around the Chick-fil-A line or cut through. They decided to cut through. Mom is leading the way. She cuts through in front of me. Before she had cut through, I had set down my backpack because I you know, was having back pain, whatever. And I just sat down by my feet. 
So as mom is crossing by, she's not really watching. She's on her phone, texting, whatever. She's not watching her kid. And then passes through, and then her kid comes through. Kid trips over my bag mm. and starts crying. Oh. Right? Okay. Whose fault is this? <laughs> I, yeah, I saw right? it. Was good. Okay. I see it. I so, see it. Well, okay, so mom looks up at me and says, what, you're not going to apologize? And I'm looking around and I'm trying to process, wait, when did setting bags down at the airport become not a thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Everybody's yeah. setting their bags down. Yeah. It's normal to have a bag. And like, I was just doing me. Yeah, yeah. And, and here comes along this lady. She's not watching her kid. She's not, like, she's responsible for watching her kid. Right. Anyway, she's looking at me and she's trying to attribute the fault to me. Uh, and then everybody's looking at me, and they're like, don't, 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 don't worry. It's not your fault. And I, I look up at her. I was like, I'm sorry. I can't apologize. And then as I say that, she drops her phone. <laughs> you can apologize for this one, too? It, well, so this is what I decided to do. I pick up the phone, and I say, but here's your phone. Good shit. Right? Very gentlemanly, well-behaved. That's right. good. And the, 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 the moral of the story is uh, I had an impact mm -hmm. in that situation. Right. But I'm not responsible. Yeah. Same thing in a relationship. Right? If somebody brings trauma in, the things you say may have an impact on what, on, on the, the other person's emotions, the person with the trauma. It may have an impact, but you're not responsible. They can have a number of different reactions, or let's, let's put it this way. Let's say I say something and it triggers my partner. I see. Right? Okay. It's something innocent. I'm, I'm joking. I say, uh, yeah, this day, fat enough. Oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been there. I've you, been you, there. You're joking around. You, you know, you feel comfortable in the relationship and you say, what? Your ass isn't fat enough. Your, ass, is, your ass ain't fat enough. <laughs> Now, you, you take, you know, you take 10 girls, yeah. right? And one of them may be triggered. One of them may be like, you sexist motherfucker, you yeah. misogynistic motherfucker, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Another may be like, oh, it reminds me of my ex-boyfriend. Another may be like, oh, oh that's out. a funny motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> Another one, you get the picture. Like yeah, they, yeah they, they take it differently. Yeah. Everybody's gonna take it differently, right? But so, so uh, that brings me to the question: If I'm guessing that you you have a solid amount of um, couples that come in, right? It's not just gonna be one person that wants to fix the relationship. It's like something that they decide on together that they'll maybe want to come and talk mm -hmm, to you about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is it mostly the women that are bringing in the trauma into this relationship? Oh, unfortunately. I have to say yes. Ladies. I do. I have Ladies. to say yes. Y'all heard it here from, from a credible source. Yes. It, 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 in my experience and from the things that I know, but, but here's the thing. Uh, women are kind of off the hook on this a little bit. Oh, yeah, of course. Because this is a dangerous world. Most women experience a shit ton of trauma. Yeah. And usually at the other end of that is, guys, mm. uh, this world is, is, is brutal for women. So it's, it's only natural for them to come in with a lot of trauma 
hmm. uh, and baggage. Damn. So that also puts a lot of responsibility on the new guy to have to accommodate to that new to that trauma and baggage, even though he didn't do anything wrong. So how, I'm sure someone in, the, in your past has brought that up to you. Like, hey, I'm, yeah, I want to make this relationship work, but she consistently puts her past trauma on me to fix. Mm. I've done everything in my life right. Yeah. Why is it that I have to I have to bend over backwards to make her happy? Right. Shouldn't she have bear most of the responsibility to fix herself? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not doing anything wrong. You're doing mm. you. You're being honest. Yeah. You're being faithful. You only got eyes for her. And she's bringing all this baggage in. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, you actually, would you ever tell him, like, hey, okay, maybe this relationship isn't, <laughs> doesn't have the legs to stand? Yeah. You so, would. So here's a, here's a, uh, an, an, an unfortunate reality. Mm. And I think something that people have a hard time facing is that sometimes you have to really evaluate the amount of baggage your new partner mm-hmm. has, mm-hmm. the impact that it's having on you. And is it going to work? If not, you may have to, unfortunately, end things. Hmm. So that you. is something you're able to give. That, that, that advice is something that you could, under the right circumstance, provide as a therapist. Yes. Yeah. Damn, as a, as a therapist, I, 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 could, I could provide that. But I will do everything in my power to help people come to their own decisions. Right. At a certain point. When I weigh out the pros and cons, the reality versus distortion, the person will come to their own conclusion. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because I imagine um, giving out an advice like that would be the therapist equivalent of pulling the plug. Yeah, and then uh, then if there's like some kind of emotion about that, or they yeah. they rekindle and they become successfully married and they deem it terrible advice so they can come back and you know have my ass has that happened before or no it's not happened to me um and i would say it's probably rare that that happens Mm -hmm. but uh it could and i'm not gonna risk that yeah oh yeah that's fair that's fair well uh in terms of advice though like there's a very common saying and i think uh you've told me about this too that time heals everything right um is that something that does apply to most cases because I would say there are things that maybe time could not heal. Like if someone does oh. actually cheat, I can't imagine time being enough to heal something like that. Did I say time heals wounds? No, no, no. no. But it's a very common saying, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Is, that, is that something that actually I think I think you're on to something. <laughs> I think you know I, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm always on to something. I, I, I think your intuition is telling you something. Like there's something about that saying uh, that doesn't quite fit right. Yeah. Time heals all, I mean, time heals a lot of things, but there are things that, um, as in a relationship at least, maybe as an individual, yeah, I would, I would say time probably heals most of our problems. Most of them. But in a relationship, I don't think there are certain things that you could come back from. All right, so tell me what comes up for you. For me, it's a very common one, uh, would just be like cheating. Like if I was ever cheated on, I don't think there's anything that I could do to see that person in the same light or be Mm. in a position where I would want to make that relationship work. It would just be, all right, like you're definitely not in it as much as I am. Good to know. Moving on. That's fine. Mm. But if someone were to tell me like, hey, it's a relationship. She wants to make it work now. She's a changed person. Time heals all the wounds. Over time, you'll get past this too. I don't know if I'd believe them. But mm. again, I'm just working off of my dumbass experience. So what is your professional experience on that or knowledge on that? Man, the infidelity. Whew. That's well, a big thing nowadays. Yeah. As I'm, as I'm sure you know. Yeah. And it, it happens so yeah. much. 
and I work with it. Mm. And it's what I have found is that whenever there is an infidelity case, mm -hmm. it is so intricate and there's so many dynamics to consider. Every couple is unique. Mm. Uh, it's hard. Mm -hmm. uh, especially if the person who is cheated on, this has happened to before. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm sure it doesn't get easier. To it doesn't with. get easier. Yeah. So in, in that situation, it gets really hard to stick by that saying, time heals all wounds. Mm. Also, I would say too, um, it's a lot harder to do alone as a couple. So if it's just y'all two mm -hmm. and you don't have any outside help, mm -hmm. y'all are going to try, try, try. Right. But eventually you're going to exhaust every resource you have, every idea you have, and it becomes an echo chamber within y'all as a couple. Mm, so it doesn't go anywhere. Really. So it it's doesn't just, go yeah, anywhere. Yeah, you're yelling at each other. And, and time is not going to heal that wound. Yeah. Okay, great. I, a lot of my questions were based on the assumption for some reason that you weren't able to give the advice that, okay, maybe this relationship isn't going to work. But if that's an, if that's an, a possible advice that you could give out, then yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Then I'm sure there are people who come in and you can just be like, all right, this is, there's no salvaging this. Wait, I'm sorry. Is that a case? Ask it one more time. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of situations, or since there are, you are able to give the advice that relationships won't work. Certain relationships won't work. Um, I'm wondering, does that happen often where you can actually tell them, yeah, this relationship is just not going to work? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it happens. I, I, I mean, often is relative because I don't know how often other therapists are sure, having to do fair. this. That's true. But I have experienced a handful of times yeah. uh, where I have spent 10, 15, 20 sessions exploring whether or not they should stay in the relationship or not. <laughs> And it just becomes clear and clear and clear that they are doing everything they can. Mm -hmm. And it's the other person and it's not going anywhere. Damn. Each, like they each think that it's the other person that's the problem. Each. Each of them think that it's the other person that's the issue. Yeah. Uh, usually, that's, usually that's how it, it goes. Um, Damn. Sometimes there's a, a, a larger level of awareness in uh -huh. the couple and both, both sides are able to a degree recognize their own personal stuff coming up mm -hmm. um, but those are the ones that usually that, that that end up working out you have something to work with right right, got you yeah. now um I'm, you mentioned that trauma overall is one of the biggest problems right mm -hmm. is there a specific type of trauma like is infidelity would you say the most common type of trauma that people no 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 about? it's it's the emotional abuse oh right, 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 right. it's the emotional Shit. abuse so yeah when we're looking at traumas and relationships the common ones are going to be the types of abuse which is physical emotional psychological verbal uh and then we also have neglect uh that's not necessarily an abuse but it's yeah. also it, it is traumatic really neglect neglect damn yeah that that would never have emotional been. neglect uh, but that could be considered a, that, could, that could be considered traumatic yeah it can be considered God tra traumatic damn, yeah. just slapping labels on anything that's crazy neglect could be traumatic neglect it can be traumatic wow. yeah 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 that's insane think about it this way um, when two people get in a relationship and they form what's called an attachment right their biological hardwiring begins to become dependent on the other person because for a release of dopamine yeah, yeah, yeah. right and uh, there's tons of dopamine release when you're in a loving relationship right 
And it's not just released by physical touch. It's not just released by sex. It's released by proximity. It's released by the ideas mm-hmm. of that person being committed to you. Damn. Safety. All this dependency starts to form. Mm-hmm. And then if all of a sudden one day one partner decides to put distance, mm-hmm. that wreaks havoc on your neurological system. That's fair. It's more than fair. But then I'm sure there are people who are very satisfied in the relationship in all those ways, but still end up cheating. Is that just, are those just uh, exceptions, would you say? Exception to what? To, if you're getting all this dopamine in every single way possible from different ways from the person that you're with, mm-hmm. why would you still cheat? Yeah. Why would you? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's a great question, but it does happen. I think that's yeah, what, that's what yeah. you're curious about. Yeah, because I'm sure there are people who are in great relationships, but the partner is just like, oh, I'm still going to go cheat. Either yeah. a guy or a girl. I'm not shitting on anyone in this, in this particular situation. but So I, I hate to say it, but we all have a hard wiring to try to find our potential. And that includes the dating uh, game. Uh, and I, I think I've, I've so heard you try guys... Try to find your potential? Try to find your potential. Yeah. Like what do you mean by the that? The happiest potential? you could be. I guess hypergamy. The, the, uh, the happiest you can be, but even uh, at a more physical level, like finding the most attractive partner. Of course. Yeah, yeah hypergamy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so hypergamy. Explain. Exp- define that for me. Um, it's the idea. So there's monogamy. There's oh. um, polygamy. The idea that you exact marriage strategy where you have the best option available to you at all times or you choose the best option available to you at all times so if it means even if you're in a loving relationship you'll choose the hotter girl hypergamy is is always wanting to go to the next rung of the ladder right 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 so men are guilty of that too men are men are guilty of that of course this is my um what i always say is that it's more prevalent for women because they almost always have way more options than men oh yeah yeah. yeah so that's why so they can yeah. move on faster yeah they can move just on move they just faster. have like i mean if they if i'm dating a girl right now and she breaks up with me she can send 10 dms and someone's gonna come over yeah, right. yeah. i can't particularly do that not yet though <laughs> okay, <laughs> right, 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 right. unless you get high enough on the on the left but, but here so so here's what's going on right that we can boil this down to biology mm-hmm. Ooh. men right if you think about it are hardwiring is to spread seeds. Yeah, of course. We got millions and millions of seeds Mm -hmm. that we can spread. We're designed to just go around, go around and basically be desperate. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah, you're right. We're we're, we're going around, we're horny as hell, and and we will take whatever we can get. It's not my fault, Uh, (laughs) babe. We are biologically hardwired that way. Yeah. Yeah. Women are different. They get one over every month. Mm. They have to be more selective. And it's a nine-month endeavor. Of course. Mm-hmm. Right? They, yeah. they have to be really cautious about of course. who they're bringing on of course, and yeah. the success of their DNA. Right. Is this, per- is this person going to be able to provide? Do they have certain attributes or whatever? How did we get on this topic again? Uh, no, I was wondering about, uh, we, we started off with trauma, but right. from there, um, I, was, I was saying if women are excused from certain things or men are excused right, 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 from right. certain things, and I think that's when you got into, like, men are hardwired to do certain things, such as spreading seeds. Well, no, <laughs> uh, we were talking about, uh, I think we were talking about uh, cheating, cheating first, and then, oh, the infidelity uh, part, yeah. yeah, and then infidelity. we were talking about how, yeah, infidelity, and then um, we were talking about how we, potential, yeah, uh, we have most humans have the um, this 
um, desire. Oh, and then you were saying, and then, and then we started saying, oh yeah, because uh, I was yeah. I was asking what does potential mean, mm. and then you explained it, and then we were both like <laughs> hypergamy. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Hypergamy. Yeah, yeah. that's how we got there. You started right. talking about evolutionary, psych- evolutionary <laughs> psychology immediately after. <laughs> we did, yeah. yeah. We kind of got off on a tangent there. Yeah. But uh, the, the reason I had brought it up initially was because I wanted to provide some of uh, my own unimportant experience on problems in a relationship. I've sensed that the biggest issue that I would say people go through in a relationship is that they, they, are, they tend to change too much. As in, they're not the same person that they were at the beginning of the relationship. So then the other person, the partner, mm. gets... They either they get um, they fall out of love or they're just not interested anymore because the first the, the partner they're with is not the same person they got into the relationship with, and that's happened very very often like very very often it's always like yeah it's like I used to love her or I used to love him but he's not who he used to be and, or she's not who she used to be yeah um, is that something you've come across a lot at all yeah or? that well runs deep so <laughs> shit <laughs> uh, so so what's happening it's it's not necessarily that the person changed after let's say 90 days okay. right it's that they changed before the 90 days and they were somebody <laughs> different for those 90 days and then they revert back to that's their crazy result. 90 days is three months too yeah. it's three, three months how did, how did almost you, to a t i said that shit before you have you know, yeah I, and i saw know? that on the episode but it, that's also common knowledge in the mental health field <laughs> well, fuck me it's also Christ. common knowledge and every couple's therapist knows around three months into the relationship there is going to be turmoil wow i'm so glad okay so why yeah. why is that man it, you can only act in a role for so long before it starts to become exhausting. I'm in the wrong field. I'm in the wrong field. That's exactly how I explained it when I talked about it too. Yeah, you yeah. can only put on this show for a certain amount of time and people tend to deteriorate at the three month mark. Right. Don't know sure their true colors. But, but yeah. here, here's the question. Why don't people just be their authentic self? Because they know that it's not enough. Because they feel like it's not enough. They're That's afraid that it's not enough. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. You didn't actually oh. have to take it. No, I, I would love to take yes. a shot. I agree, so. yeah. Because we have a thing, we started a thing uh, where anytime someone says, I feel like, or you feel like, uh, we take a shot. <laughs> you 100% do not have to participate, but yeah, yeah, if you'd like, like no, to. No, sure. Yeah, I'm glad. It's funny. It's just a funny yeah. shit. It's a solid it's whiskey, one, by the way. There's going to be one drunk therapist. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I'm all about you, James. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, um, yeah, so. Uh, you were saying that. Yeah, it's <laughs> good. You were saying that love runs deep, though. I'm guessing that's something you yeah, come across so as well. Like the issues. fear is mm-hmm. that I am not going to be enough. Everybody is afraid to be their authentic. Not everybody, I'm sorry. A lot of people are afraid to be themselves in those first 90 days mm-hmm. because deep down inside, they have some kind of unresolved trauma. Right. I'm bringing this Tell, up a little bit. Un, some, some kind of unresolved trauma uh, telling them that there is something wrong with them. Ah. Or traumas that tell them something is wrong with them. Mm. Let, me, let me suggest something real fast. This is a sure. little bit on the side. Sure. But let me suggest something real fast. All right? you, know, you tell me how ridiculous it sounds. Is it possible that we're too liberal with the term trauma? We or me? No, because it's a very common term. Everyone's just like, oh, we, we all have okay. trauma. So I think trauma implies something a lot more um, serious than what I think we, we make it out to be today. I think like, little things could be like, oh, yeah, I was, I'm tra- my past has been traumatic. I don't want to downplay y'all's shit, but 
yeah, is yeah, it yeah. possible that maybe we are just too we use it too much and we consider too little of things to be traumatic yeah yeah yeah. i get what you're saying yeah trauma traditionally has implied a heavy degree of something severe that right. like, just kind of destroys right like ptsd like, like post-traumatic right 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 right, right, right. That's like you, like you, I most commonly heard that or the first time I heard that was in like guys who've come back from war and seen like battle and right, seen people right, right. die like that's traumatic and sure maybe everyone has different levels of trauma but I would still say that the baseline of trauma still implies something that most people have not gone through your childhood sure it might have been rough but traumatic mm. again I don't believe this all right I'm just I'm just bullshitting well, right yeah, now yeah no 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 you make a good point but I, I also think it could go both ways. Like you could say that um, traditionally uh, trauma should, was reserved for this and using it now uh, so liberally makes everything sound severe. Yeah. But we could also invert that and say throughout history there's been a stigma on the use of the word trauma and it wasn't always used and it was only reserved for very severe things when in actuality it is more general mm. and now we are becoming more conscious as a species as human species with internet and social media that is now that the picture is actually becoming more clear that trauma is more prevalent across the world mm. uh, but we are also in that light seeing that not every trauma is severe not every trauma is like the veteran who experienced combat sure or the woman who, unfortunately, knock on wood, you know, doesn't happen, but uh, you know, gets sexually assaulted. Right. Right. Those are those are the most common forms of PTSD. Right. There are other other types of traumas. There's big T traumas. There's little T traumas, and then there's <laughs> complex traumas. Okay. So this, this, I mean, this is a great question. It's something that needs to be talked about. Right. Um, I hope so. Big T traumas are the ones that we were just talking about those ones that we traditionally think of. Mm. Little t traumas are minor things, like uh, perhaps a, a, a breakup from high school. Mm. It broke your heart, felt like a big t trauma in the moment, but really it's a, a little t trauma, right? Mm. Yeah. Or perhaps you, you, know, you break a, a, a bone in your finger. Yeah. Right? It, it's a small trauma. Or a car accident where nobody actually gets hurt, but it startled you. It might of be course. a little t trauma, and you might drive a little more paranoid okay. after that. And then a complex trauma, is when you experience multiple types of trauma in a short duration of time or an extended period of time, but then you have layers of trauma and it becomes complex. So it's a great question. Hmm. Um, Good answer, actually. Yeah. Um, so if that's the case, if trauma could be used in more cases than what we're used to, or at least I'm used to, which is severity-wise, um, so that when people come in and tell you in a relationship, like, oh, okay, I've, I've, come, come, I've come in with previous trauma, you're willing to just be like, okay, that's a problem, right? Like, like you're, you're, you're saying, okay, like, you do have previous trauma. Well, I would just say, like, damn, right, you just had bad relationships. Let's get over it. Like, let's fix it. But that's why I'm not a therapist. So that's good. I'm glad you cleared that part up. Um, what would you say after that? Like, what's important after the trauma part? Like, after you've discussed the trauma and maybe you've worked on it a little bit more, what do you say is, like, the biggest issue or the next big issue mm. that you want to deal with to build a relationship? Not to fix if... If we're fixing the trauma part, now we're like at a good point, how would you say we can build the relationship to make it better? Yeah, good question. So if a couple is able to get past the trauma part, mm -hmm. they work on themselves, they become aware, they identify their triggers, 
and they take actions to modify their behaviors towards each other and now they're at least from a trauma standpoint they're in a healthy spot what next right because mm-hmm. i'm sure some of them appreciate the therapy so much that they want to continue working on it so that they can build their relationship make yeah. it better then comes the relational depth ah and what is that relational depth so that's actually it's a term uh, that was coined by a guy named mick cooper he's He's big time in the counseling field. Mm-hmm. Love his work. Um, Mitt, what, I'm sorry, Mitt? Mick, M-I-C-K. Oh, Mick. And then Cooper, yeah. Mick Cooper. He's, he's, he's a real humble guy. He's got great philosophies. It's, uh, but he talks, he talks about relational depth as being one of the big things in therapy mm-hmm. when you're working with client, but not just in therapy, in relationships in general. Mm. After you have settled the storm and you learn how to treat each other well, you're going to want a full, fulfilling relationship, something that's going to last a long time. Right. And essentially what we're looking at is a, is a deep friendship. But creating relational depth is where it's at after you get through the trauma. Mm-hmm. It's easier said than done. Some people do not have the emotional awareness, upbringing, vocabulary to go deep enough to in a relationship. Mm. to talk about whatever is on your mind. Is there a word for them? For people like that? Who just don't have the capacity? Like, I just call them bums, but I'm sure there's a more technical <laughs> term. I mean, we could go with bums, but we could also go with, uh, let's, let's say, um, emotionally unaware. Unaware. Yeah. Mm. I think that would be the most polite way to say it. Uh, we're all human beings. Some people, yeah. are, some people are emotionally unaware. So for, but those people can still be in a relationship even though that's just innate in them? Yeah, they, they can be. And a lot of people do. They, and they, they, they end up dealing with a lot of friction in their relationship and they think that that's the way the relationships are supposed to be. Damn. That just puts the partner in a really shitty position. Like, they have to deal with more, I'm guessing? Yeah. I, or unless they're both in that situation. Yeah. Then there's a lot of friction and they can try to force it and make it work. But... Yeah. Relation, relational depth is going beyond being able to tolerate each other and live with each other and going into bliss. Mm. Going into fulfillment and joy and your dreams, your, your everlasting dreams of finding that perfect partner. Okay. How do you, how, what would you say, because it seems like it's something very... Um, uh, it's not very clear like it's very ambiguous ambiguous and i wouldn't i'm trying to figure out how you would advise someone to obtain relational depth if it's such an ambiguous term yeah, yeah. a lot of people struggle to create relational depth um yeah because they they, they are emotionally unaware uh, but what that does is when somebody else mm-hmm. feels anxious because mm-hmm. mo- most people are anxious when they let's say two, two people were meeting for the first time. It can be friends, it can be social, it can be whatever. Yeah. Everybody's anxious. Everybody has some degree of anxiety. And even the people who stand up right and smile and are loud, Confidence there's some anxiety yeah. underneath there. Yeah, agreed. Right. And some people have more anxiety than others and less confidence. And with those people, uh, it's tricky to create relational depth. You, you have to allow enough safety Mm-hmm. for them to open up and go deeper into the relationship. Mm. So if you are with a partner and you want to create more relational depth, mm-hmm. you want to create safety in a number of different ways. Um, 
primarily emotionally mm -hmm. and psychologically. So um, you can do that by modeling it, being emotionally vulnerable, saying the things that are on your mind that you normally would say, wait, I'm not going to say that. That sounds stupid. Mm -hmm. Makes me look weak. Or... Makes you look weak or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Putting yourself out there and opening up that bridge saying, I'm going to put I'm going to put my stupid ass ideas yeah. out there, which makes it okay for you to put your stupid ass right. ideas out there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you guys are talking about every little minute detail that comes into your head freely. Yeah. Not really thinking about what you, what you want to say and when you want to say it, just freely being you. Mm -hmm. And is that people who don't have like a biological um, border that in, inhibits them from being able to do that, are they generally able to take that advice and apply it? Uh, like more confident people? Yeah. People who say they have the ability to obtain um, that relational depth, um, yet they're not very used to, say, speaking their mind all the time. Could they actually, could, if, they, if, if they apply that technique and they actually speak of whatever's on their mind all the time and they get used to that communication, are they always able to salvage a relationship? Man, I'm sorry, I'm trying to, what's the question, like, <laughs> form, form the question one more time? All right, we'll do it one more time, whatever. Down. Am I drunk? Is that why? I might be drunk. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Just uh, say it again. The, so, if, uh, assuming that the biological inhibition isn't a problem, right? This person is a confident person, but his main problem in the relationship is that he doesn't speak his mind all the time. Could he always salvage a relationship or make a relationship really well if he just applies that one technique? Like, Would I'll just start to speak my mind all the time around my partner. I'll tell her whatever comes in. No, no yeah, well, yeah, I get what you're going. Is that like a, is that a panacea? Is it, is it going to solve the problem? Is it a cure? Yeah, is it a cure or could it f fix just about any relationship if they can do that one thing? Is it that important? That is something that I, I can't confidently give an answer on. I think it's going to vary from person to person. Mm. I do think, though, it is going to have a large effect. A large effect. A okay. large effect. But if relational depth could be attained, in a couple, right? Let's just say it's a very important thing, like, like you mentioned. If it could be attained, is it implying that any two people could get together and build relational depth if they can work on those techniques? I have faith in that, yes. Really? I have faith that any two people can get together and, well, okay, so this is minus the biological aspect. Right, right, right. minus we, the biological. Minus the idiots. attraction. Yeah, Assuming yeah. that both people are attra physically attracted to each right. other. Right. Even emotionally, I do think, you could say they're emotionally attracted to, to each other, but they have some um, uh, conflicts in their beliefs and ways. Sure. Yeah, I think that any two people uh, in, in those parameters could, could get together and find a way to make it work. Can they do it themselves? I highly doubt it. Mm -hmm. But with a little bit of outside guidance from a professional, somebody older, wiser, pastor, therapist, whatever it is, mm -hmm. a third unbiased party, I think they can, you can make it work. Now, some couples uh, will struggle in that endeavor uh, a lot, a lot more right, than others. Right, right. So it's all, it's all in a contingency. But I do have faith that you can ultimately make any, any couple work. Okay, let's talk about that part because that's, uh, that kind of brings me to like the last thing I want to talk about because uh, I'm very, again, unprofessional opinion, sure. but I'm very um, subscribed to the idea that 
not everyone is meant for each other. No matter how much work you put in, there are just compatibility issues that just will not be um, will not be fixable in a relationship. There are just some people who maybe require way too much attention, and there are some people who just they're so independent they want to focus on their stuff. They can't give you that much attention. No matter what you say, I'm gonna be me. You're gonna be you. And I don't think those people can ever change because there mm. are people who require a lot of attention in a relationship. Yeah. And then there are people who are just like, hey, I'll give you time when I have free time. But when I don't, like most of my friends are like that. Yeah. If they don't have free time, like no matter what their girlfriend says, I'm not going to give you free time. Right, because right. I have shit to do. I have shit to take care of. Because this is the person you decided to date. A person who's hardworking, very ambitious. You're taking care of his shit. I'm not going to change now. Because then one, it'll affect me. And two, I'm not going to be the same guy you got into the relationship with. Mm. But <laughs> then the girls... They don't tend to change. They're still like, hey, I want more attention. I want you to take me out more. I want these things. I want more of your time, essentially. And so they got into the relationship at the beginning because they were okay with it. But then down the line, they realized, fuck, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So how, like, what would you say to that? that? It doesn't seem like that's something that either of them would want to change. And I understand that. So could they actually, how would they actually make it work? The question of how uh, would become complicated in that situation. And... You would have to have a lot more context, a lot more facts. You'd have to be working with things as they're happening. The I think um, what you're what you're pointing out and what you're noticing mm-hmm. is that for some couples, it is seemingly hopeless. Yeah, it's basically. not going to work. And 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 I would say from 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 that perspective, yes, there are some couples that are seemingly hopeless, but. Where I'm sitting, mm-hmm. I see that even in that hopeless, that seemingly hopeless couple, there is some kind of algorithm. We just struggle to find it. Mm. Mm. And when we do find that algorithm, we have to consider how much work is this going to take? And then it comes down to choice. Does that partner who is suffering in the relationship? If, they're, if, if they are presented with a solution, mm-hmm. but that solution comes with a l- many, many years of sacrifice and hard work, do they choose to go through that? I think there's, there's choice and then there's responsibility that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. And you can, in those relationships, you can find the key. You can find a way to make it work. The question is, how much mm. are you going to have to sacrifice to get there? But you wholeheartedly believe that they could make it work. There's they always could. a way we just they don't could. know. So it's like the same principle as like aliens. Like we, we know they're out there. We just don't know how to find them. Sure. Yeah, or, 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 or. <laughs> like I'm so stupid sometimes. I hurt myself <laughs> in the headphone. I'm like, God damn, it's like a retard. I'm sorry, go on. Uh, but but it, yeah, cho- choice is, is the big thing there. Um, like it, it really just comes down to whether the person wants to make that sacrifice or not they can make that sacrifice be with that person for 10 years and then finally find the key or they can choose to say I'm not going to sacrifice 10 years of my life mm-hmm. I'm going to try to find happiness somewhere else but ultimately it's a choice okay so if a, if a couple came to you that truly believed or that you at first believed that they're not going to work together. Like, they're just not going to work. They're just absolutely hopeless. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to keep trying to make it work. You would just continue to try to make it work? Absolutely. Really? Yep. Damn. It's up to them. 
and I, I have to I have to deal with that and put my own personal bias aside uh-huh. sometimes uh-huh. when I feel like damn dude you are just being beat up <laughs> like you're just a punching bag I have to put that aside and I have to say but if you if you choose that you want to try to make this work mm-hmm. I'm right behind but you. as a therapist at some point I'm sure you run out of ideas no uh, or you would at least man I run out of ideas all the time <laughs> So, you know what I do in that situation? What? I put it back on them. <laughs> what do you think you, you should do? You got any ideas? <laughs> Shit. I'm all out. Damn. Damn, really? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, the, 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 I think uh, there's a lot that can be uh, valued about that. Yeah. Know, being 100% honest and authentic. But it's a collaboration between two people. They're yeah. the experts of their own lives. And I'm the expert of mental health, and we're working together. Just mediating for the most part. Yeah, mediating, guiding. Guiding, sorry, it's a better guiding, one. Much better yeah. One. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Damn. So, wow. That, I feel like that puts you in... Ugh, damn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God damn it. Right, take this dumbass shot. My bad. My bad. It doesn't have to be a shot, though. It doesn't have to be yeah, a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sip. yeah, yeah, yeah. To high feeling. Mm, to high feeling. Yeah. high feeling. Cheers. Feeling. I think uh, <laughs> my intuition suggests that Man, this, this, that is, this is hard though because we are we're, we're human beings and we're constituted of thoughts, right? The f word, right? And behaviors, <laughs> right? Yeah, we're that's what we're made up of psychologically. So naturally, we. We're, this is another thing I work on with clients: is when you're talking, mm-hmm. uh, are you genuinely feeling? what you're saying you're feeling or is it a thought right a lot of people will will use those interchangeably and say um i feel like i feel, the, hungry I, I feel like uh the world could be doing a lot better at protecting right, right. the atmosphere yeah but no that's a thought right, right. and that, that's why we have a problem with it because well that's why i have a problem with it because it's not a feeling to say that it's a thought when you it's, say feeling what was your reasoning going to be uh, actually yeah please finish yeah so the reason i even ever started this or uh, thought about this is because of a guy simon sinek i don't know if you've heard of him before i've heard but, of him yeah, yeah. He explained how uh, when something doesn't seem right, we use the word feel. Like, oh, if you're trying to make a decision, mm-hmm. sometimes you'll be like, oh, this just doesn't feel right. It makes sense, but it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird thing because feel is a verb. We're using a verb to describe an emotion. Right. It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And that's when it clicked for me. Like, why the fuck do I say that? It's actually just a thought. Let me just say that so I don't sound as dumb. Um, but yeah, that, that's when I kind of realized, okay, what I'm actually meaning is that it's a thought or maybe the situation makes it seem as if it's a certain way. Wait, so for this episode, can I make a proposal? Yeah, what's up? We can say I feel without <laughs> drinking if it's genuinely something you feel. Oh yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, yeah, but how do you justify I it? I feel how do you hungry. To feel? Yeah, and, and how do you justify course. it's a feeling instead of a thought? Like if I feel hungry would be that's something that, that you sense. can feel right yeah well yeah, yeah i think I i'm s- hungry yeah <laughs> <laughs> your also, brain is the one who's sending you the signal that you're hungry hmm. but like you're, still, you're still feeling it i'll say a that's a pass well that's, a pass? that's okay. a pass i'd say the only reason why i even don't like saying the word i feel like mm-hmm. is because it's such a cop-out um to me to mm-hmm. me it's such a cop-out way to voice your opinions because if you say i feel like 
and someone challenges challenges you on it, you can just be like, well, that was just my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, most yeah. people do. That's true. That's, that's what most true. people do. It's Instead avoiding of, responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, take ownership of your words and say, I think, <laughs> unless it's actually a feeling. That, that's my opinion. Yeah. But, or we'll eat you but up, or... I just feel like that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it becomes a lot clearer. <laughs> I think it becomes a lot clearer when you use like actual feeling words behind it. Of course. I feel angry. I feel yeah, sad. I of feel emotional. Right. Of course. Emotion, An yeah, actual yeah. emotion. That makes yeah. sense. But there are some ambiguous words out there like hungry, tired. Are those really feelings or? Yeah. But so, that's still a pass. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's when you have an opinion, but instead of saying I think yeah. or whatever, just state your opinion, yeah. you say I feel like. Uh, yeah, to me, it's a little bit of a cop out. Yeah, you know? that's like, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually didn't think about it that way. Yeah, but that's good. That's good that uh, you believe as a therapist that any two people can make it work because otherwise, I think your job would be extremely difficult sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just I from ex- from my own experiences, uh, I didn't think that that's possible. I've met too many people who I thought were just inherently incompatible in every single way, and they only tried to make it work because maybe they've put in enough relationship equity. Is that right? Can you say that? Can you say that sentence again, please? I'm, I'm my bad, my bad, no, I'm so I, sorry. I, I, some people who are just naturally incompatible don't uh-huh. try to make it work oh, because yes. of relationship equity. equity. Like they, relationship yeah. equity. Have you heard of that, JD? Is that a thing? Uh, relationship equity, is that just saying like, uh, Exactly you guys are committed like. yeah like you've invested well, a lot yes or, oh yeah, wow, yeah. so that's basically what it is yeah, yeah. You're invested I, somebody in definitely made it up but it's uh i use it now a lot um in conversation with girls that i guess i'm talking to even i say all that uh, yeah but it's right it's the yeah. it's like you money feelings and effort the and time you've invested into the relationship and even though the relationship isn't going well you feel obligated to to stay because there's equity in, in the relationship sure. you've invested so much mm-hmm. and yeah. so in your thoughts you think you shouldn't break up despite how bad it is because um there's equity right well yeah i think that's everybody <laughs> that's everybody's choice and 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 i would say that's similar to the thoughts that i have <laughs> when i am in vegas gambling and i'm down thirty dollars and then 60, and then maybe back up 100, <laughs> and then 80, 90, down 200. Do I keep going? Shit, I'm already 200 in. Uh, so you know you're I mean? saying uh, the relationship equity isn't enough to keep going if things are bad? Well, what I'm saying is that uh, if you're invested in a relationship, um, there is gonna be more of a feeling that you need to <laughs> be in the relationship mm-hmm. you don't want it to go to waste i think that's natural i think it's 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 human nature how do you distinguish but, that from just comfort though like people get comfortable in relationships and they don't want to leave the relationship even though it's obviously bad because they're comfortable which mm-hmm. i think is another giant problem that a lot of people have they're just so used to being in that relationship waking up and getting that text from the person any other day by talking to that person um, they get so used to that lifestyle that the idea of a, such, a, such an abrupt change, just, it terrifies them. Yeah. So they don't want to change. They, they get comfortable with the they monotony. They get way comfortable, yeah. They get comfortable with the boredom. Right. They get comfortable with being slightly unsatisfied. That's um, true too. Or even more moderately unsatisfied. Yeah. Um, because the cost of, rele- of leaving the relationship would be too much. For that yeah. moment. Like for that, in that moment, it'll be too much, but long term, it obviously pays off. But I understand that we're not 
that sensible as human beings. Like I'll, right, I don't right. know if I'm if I'm terrified in a or if I'm uh, being abused in a relationship and I'm just not happy overall. But I've been with her for five years. That's all I've known for the last five years. That's my life now. Long term, it's gonna pay off to just leave her. Right. But short term, goddamn, it's gonna hurt. And I think that terrifies people. Exactly. Yeah. So then I think it becomes less of a question of comfortability and more about fear. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't fear a, a sort of discomfort? Like you're just afraid of that discomfort because you want yeah, to retain yeah, the point. comfortability. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're yeah. In that in that sense, you're avoiding the the fear uh, because the fear is discom is uncomfortable. Right. And you're more comfortable staying yeah. away from that fear for short term. Yeah. Short term. Yeah. For, yeah. For for the short term. Yeah. 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 But I would argue that it's not necessarily that you're comfortable. You're just more comfortable than you would be. <laughs> <laughs> right still still uncomfortable that's a good point it's a very right. good point yeah right 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 you're still just, uncomfortable um but uh uh just not as un uncomfortable as you would be if you mm -hmm. ended the relationship makes sense yeah and yeah. I, we have a little bit more time actually so i wanted to get to one other thing um the contrast between getting into a relationship and staying or sustaining a relationship I think that requires different things from people as well. Um, is that something that you've experienced on yourself? Yeah. Because we were talking about this before. Yeah, personally or yeah. even in your uh, line of work. Because we were talking about this before. People tend to change who they were to get into the relationship. Mm -hmm. And then they change back to who they really are once they're comfortable in the relationship. Right, right, right. How do you, what would you advise people to do? if they want to avoid all of that, but they're not, they know that their natural self isn't enough to get a, a good mate. Mm. What would you tell them? Like, well, cause if you tell them like, Hey, just work on yourself, make sure your authentic self is a great version of you. If someone that people would want to be, people Which don't want to hear that shit. Yeah. But people don't want to hear that shit. They're like, oh, I hear that on Instagram all the time. I hear that on Instagram, on Instagram all the time. Like I, I'm, I wouldn't, you know, listen to that shit if I was just a regular person. So mm. as a therapist who has to work one-on-one, -on -one, what would you say? That, that, that feel like that, oh, I feel like I put you in a tough situation still <laughs> because I wouldn't know how to answer that, but also I didn't go to school for this. What would you do? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, if because uh, my my method has always been yeah, I'll just be who I am all the time. I mm. always try to present the same version of myself that I'll present down the line, years yeah. down the line. Something sustainable. It's very mm. sustainable because sustainability is a big factor in my life in every way. I always try to be the most sustainable person, do the most sustainable thing um, in every way. But I understand that that's not very okay. common. So the answer is to work on yourself, but if that's not a sufficient enough answer and there's something that viewers are wanting to hear yeah, more of or, or learn more of, we can, we can get into the nitty gritty of how. Yeah, please. How to heal yourself. And there's a there's four major steps that I that I have uh, come to mm -hmm. uh, when when you're trying to heal yourself and be ready for a relationship. Okay. Uh, the first one is to treat yourself as if you are another person, as if you're another person you're responsible for. Ah, Jordan Peterson. Right. Sure. Uh, is that Jordan Peterson? I thought it was. Maybe I'm. Uh, actually, yeah, you're right. From his twelve, his twelve. Oh, yeah, really? Right. He wrote that. Uh, That's one of the chapters. That's yeah. very cool. But honestly, I, I think he wrote that out of wisdom, 
and it's a pool of wisdom Probably, that yeah. all mental health therapists mm. are aware of. Probably, yeah. So he, I, I, he may have the same rule, maybe worded differently, but it's the general premise is the same. Mm-hmm. You, you, you treat yourself as if, as if, you know, it was your mom right. or someone you're responsible, someone you're, for. Someone yeah. you're responsible for or someone you care about. Right. Right. So when you're sick, you take care of yourself. When you're down, you make yourself laugh. Right. You take yourself out and treat yourself. Go to the movies by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, do things and, and indulge. You know, buy yourself the popcorn and the candy mm-hmm. and all that. And treat yeah. yourself. Spoil yourself. Then you're starting to develop a relationship with yourself, a positive one. And you're exploring the positive sides of you instead of the negative. Mm-hmm. That starts to grow. That starts to develop. And you're becoming a better person for someone else. The second thing is uh, take care of yourself in biological order. And what that means is when you... Oh, this one gets really complicated. <laughs> I don't know if we have enough time for this, but essentially there, there are things that we can't survive without and certain things we can't survive out without uh, more severely. So like, sure. let, let's say, for example, oxygen. That's right. the thing we need the most. And then we have that. And then food, right? So the first thing you should do every morning is look at your brain structure in that way and your needs in that way. The yeah. first thing you need is oxygen. So you should be taking deep breaths when you wake up. Okay. Second thing is water. You need to chug water and you go in that order. And then as you satisfy those needs, then relationships become uh, the next need. And you should be you know, doing something that is relational. Social media, making a nice comment on someone's social media post or whatever it is reaching out to an old friend and sharing some emotion, whatever it is. And then you move into the higher order functioning, your job, your work, complex tasks. Things that you need to do. So so relational things come before the job? Relational things come before the job. God damn. Yeah. The way the brain structure is set up, we have the reptilian brain, the mammal brain, and then the human brain. Mm Right, the human brain is where all the complex stuff is, right. all the logic and all that, you know, higher order stuff. The relational brain is right here, reptilian brain is right here. We evolved in that in that way and it's all built on top of each other like building blocks. So if if we don't have the foundation, we we're the, the top part is not gonna be functioning, it's gonna fall. Crazy. So if all these things are resolved, our needs down here and relationally this part of the brain works more optimally. Mm. Mm. That's why people who say do the first two things and the last thing, like they just focus on their job, they tend to not be very uh, well-rounded. Right. Because right. they don't have the relational part. They're, they're suffering relationally. And then that Fucking creates loses. a cycle because since they're suffering relationally, their brain is trying to pull them back into mm. the relational part and away from this part. So, Damn, that's good. Yeah. Wow. So, if you want optimal brain functioning, yeah. take care of your biological needs, your relational needs, and then you will be performing way better than you ever would. Interesting. So, what about the people who just hustle and bustle their entire life and they become very successful and they seem happy, but they maybe skip the fun part of their life? Maybe skip the fun part. Of, that's yeah. tragic. Yeah. But but it's it's also it's also a part of life. And I think it's a part of our lives too. I'm assuming um, <laughs> immigrant parents come to this country oh, right? yes, 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 in yes, survival yes, 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 mode yes, yes. with nothing but a dime in their pocket. Yeah. And they have to live in this part of their brain. Right. They have to. And they suffer relationally. And their kids, to some degree, <laughs> suffer relationally. Yeah. I'm almost certain you guys can relate. 
um, or at least have some knowledge of Asian culture. I think so. experience, yeah, but I would never call it like a like an issue. I think I was fortunate in that in that sense. My parents were both very loving, so mm. I think I got lucky in that sense. But I gotcha. know a lot of but you know people, of the yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're like they're, they have no emotional connection with their parents. Right, right, right. Because they just they were so worked. they were so preoccupied yeah. with surviving. Exactly. Right. Very common thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question. I, I feel like we're jumping around, but this oh, is yeah, good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite fine. good stuff, and that yeah. was good stuff. It was very good stuff. 100%. That's very helpful. Um, well, well, so the, the, those are the first two things right. for people to do if they want to become ready for a relationship. Right. Uh, there's two other things. Um, Just see. for the audience, for the first time. The first one was? The first one was take care of yourself like as if you're someone you're responsible, responsible for. Second is... Take care of yourself in biological order. Got it. Third and fourth. Can we create a cut here? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I got to pee and I also got to think of perfect, the perfect. other two. I can't yeah. remember. All right. We had to take a little potty break. Mm-hmm. But we're back. We're back. Hi, finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's upsetting as fuck. Okay. You're talking about four important things. We're on number three. Yeah, uh, number three is to um, establish your identity. So um, what that means is we have the freedom to choose who we want to be. But most people are walking around uh, thinking about all the negatives about themselves. So they're feeding their brain, I am worthless, I am uh, not smart, I'm, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm a nobody. Is that a and thing? Is, is that really that common? I think it's pretty common, yeah. Uh, and, and, to, and to certain degrees, yeah. Some people more than others. And what that ends up translating into is them walking around as if they are those negative things. And they don't, they don't pay enough attention to the positive things and bring those positive attributes out. Mm-hmm. So um, the th- the third thing that you can do to become ready for a relationship is establish your identity and one way you can do that is by actively engaging in searching your searching for your positive traits and spending time indulging in those telling yourself all the things that you like about yourself and becoming uh, and exuding who it is you want to be the things you like about yourself, mm-hmm. uh, and that—that that is establishing your identity. Would you say that's more? That issue is more common among men than women. Damn, everything's binary mm. for me, huh? Men and women, men and women, uh, in terms of identity. Yeah, would you uh, say men have that issue more than women. What I'm well, okay. So I'm curious as to as to what you think. Oh yes. Like, you 100%, think yeah, 100%. it's more so for 100%, men. Yeah, hundred percent. What, what's your thought process? With <laughs> oh, thought process. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Today's society trace, uh, tends to inflate women's ego a lot more than men's. Mm. Actually, just a lot in general. Um, I have nothing against it. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me in any sense. It's just an observation. But I think uh, even if the most unattractive woman who's not working on herself or great in any way. If she were to post selfies of herself, people will back her up. Oh, yeah, you go. Like, doesn't matter what you oh, look yeah. like. Doesn't matter what you think about yourself. Mm. You're a 10. You're a fucking 10. Every girl is a 10 nowadays. 
that tends to inflate girls' egos and that tends to take away from the things that they could be working on or should be working on because what the, the, the version of them that they're presenting to the world is already being inflated like crazy. Like, oh, whatever you are, you're perfect. You're a 10. Good for you. Keep that up. Then why would she work on herself? Right. But we don't do that for men. Men, like if you're a rat, nobody cares about you. If you're stupid, nobody cares about you. If you don't have a job, nobody cares about you. Like, what we do reflects um, heavily um, on our ourselves, value. on our value. Yeah. But because uh, we don't tend to inflate men's ego like that, it's just like, oh, I could see why men would have an issue with um, low self-esteem or low ego and mm-hmm. things like that. So I was wondering if maybe that's more common for men in your experience. Yeah, when you look at it that way, it seems very real. Uh, and, and, and I have to say that uh, it resonates with me hmm. uh, qu- quite a bit. Really? As, as a male, yeah, in society. Yeah. Um, through personal experiences, it has been rough. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 world is, the world is tough on a man. Yeah. Um, and we don't get our uh, egos inflated. Right. Which we, is, we again, just, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking for that. I'm just wondering if uh, men complain about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, think you're looking, I don't think you ever wake up thinking like, oh, I want people to just compliment this, the fuck out of me today. Th- this is how I think it manifests. I think, yes, there's a, I think yeah, th- that's an astute observation. I think it is a reality. Uh, and I think this is how it manifests in my profession. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening is men are, their, their egos are stomped on and uh, expressing weakness or emotion is punished so much that when they get into therapy, they're afraid to even use the therapy. They're afraid to, to open up in a place where you, sh- you should be able to open up about anything and feel right. safe and it's confidential. Even then, they struggle to open up and explore who they are. Hmm. Hmm. But there's nothing we can do to help them then. It sounds like it's more of a self-journey that you just have to independently work on. Yeah, to some degree, I think it's, it is. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a self-journey. But also, if they place themselves in a place like therapy mm-hmm. or just healthy relationships in general, because right. that's what a therapist is, a qualified, healthy person of course, to, yeah. to bounce ideas off of. Right. But if, if, if they place themselves around healthy people, who create that bridge that we were talking about right, earlier, right. that bridge of vulnerability, mm-hmm. and are persistent about it, create safety, then the, the man who has experienced the deflation of, of the ego mm-hmm. starts to feel safe enough to talk about those things that make them look weak. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, but, but, but I, do, I, do, I do agree that um, in that domain, uh, there is... A tilt. It is. It is. Uh, I, I think that that women, generally speaking, at least in, in our society, mm-hmm. yeah, it may be. I can't speak to other parts of the world, but in our society, uh, women's egos can be inflated uh, through social media, right. and uh, men tend to get um, the, the 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 opposite of that. Yeah. Um, but. To uh, women's credit, they, I mean, we all have our, our, our strengths and weaknesses, right. so, um, and we, we all have our privileges. Mm-hmm. So men, men, I mean, we have our, we have our own privileges sure, yeah, of course. That, that place us in positions of power, right. and not just physically, but, you know, in, in, in the workplace. And Systemically, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah makes so sense we, we all have our tools. Yeah, that makes sense. You ever, you ever felt like uh, 
your 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 lack of recognition is affecting your performance in life, whether it be a career or school, anything like that. Lack of recognition. What do you mean? Um, because we don't have that backing, like we don't have society just telling us like, oh, you 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 go king, like you're the shit. Whatever you're doing is perfect. <laughs> because we don't have that. Has, have you ever thought that maybe that affects who you are as a person, or no? Me, yeah. It, but yeah, it, both well, of you. It, uh, the both of us. Well, yeah, so yeah. I know for me, it has impacted me. Really. But in a positive way. Oh, like the lack of it affected you in a positive way the lack of it affected me in a positive mm. way but i think for most men and a lot or a lot of men at least mm -hmm. they don't ever break past that barrier and it's really hard to break that barrier mm. to to where you go from uh this world is cool and they treat they treat you know certain people certain ways and like i'm just being pushed down and i can't express myself i don't have a voice right i have so much responsibility as a man right and they some people will some men will never get past that barrier to where it's like you know what life is tougher but i'm gonna own that bitch yeah some guys never make it past that barrier so like I'll say a lot of guys. A lot of guys, and 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 I would say that barrier is higher for men. Oh yeah, damn. Yeah. Right. It's it's higher for men to get to that point where you're gonna say, I'm gonna assume the responsibilities that have been given to me, mm -hmm. not just as a human being, but for my particular gender. Right. Uh, and I'm just gonna own it. Right. But you're right. It does take a level of mental strength that I don't think most guys possess right and it, it, which is why i i think it's impacted me in a positive way yeah. because i got pushed so far yeah. down that coming up and breaking that barrier took a lot of strength and now i have that strength and no one's ever going to take it away from me that's good it's a good, great mentality to have you ever that's never affected you though has it the question is in comparison to the amount of recognition that women get yeah. right yeah 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 yeah, like, no. did, you ever, did you ever think that you were just not being supported enough? No, I never felt that. But um, I do think that even though you guys are saying that most men can't break that bar barrier, mm -hmm. I, I, I do think that most men, though, understand that they have to work for their recognition anyway. They may not be able to break that barrier and trans transcend mm -hmm. into knowing that this is what they have to do. Right. If, I want the woman of my dreams or whatever if I want to be successful the barrier for entry is way higher than compared to women whatever yeah, yeah. right um, but I, I do think that most of them understand that they have to be somebody they have to work yeah. to mm. provide something right. service value to society um, yeah I don't think that's um, I don't think I think a lot of men are more aware of it is just that maybe some of them don't have the work ethic to just push maybe not the work ethic to push pat push past the barrier but right. I think most of them understand that I can't be a bum and attract women <laughs> right but most of them understand they need to do something to provide value yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, uh, so I guess the people that are exceptions would be like the incel community but what is I don't know exactly how many people are like on the incel. What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean? Because I don't think incels understand. I don't think they understand. Oh, yeah, that so they are exceptions, but that's yeah. not a majority of men. This way. Right, right, right. So majority of men are hardworking, decent. Like they don't, they aren't aware of these things. Yeah. They're not gonna work past barriers, and they're not gonna think of these things. But most men understand that they just have to work to be valuable to society. Yeah. Even if you know, whatever, whatever they're doing. I, I think I can get on board with this. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think most men, they see that. Yeah. The hard part is accepting that reality 
Mm. And then putting it into practice. Yeah, and putting yeah. it and, 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 and overcoming it. By like, uh, them being like either too lazy, like they, or just they just uh, they know what's going on or what needs to be done. They just don't do it. Sure. Yeah, but inherently, is, inherently, they I think they understand. Yeah. I think they understand like that if if a ten out of ten model doesn't like them back. They know it's because I'm just not the kind of guy that attracts right. models. Yeah. It's just that in comparison to women, right? You could be you could be someone who's totally unattractive as a woman, and like be so delusional about your standards. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. go to Texas and you think that you deserve like, or that you can just um, ignore guys or whatever. Oh, I get all these guys. You know these things. Whatever they think they all, they have all the options. I'm a ten out of ten queen. I, yeah, whatever. I get it. Like. That's just how it is sometimes. Yeah. Is yeah. that is that ever a deal breaker for you, by the way, or no? What is? Uh, if a girl just thinks that she's a 10 out of 10. What, even when she's not? Obviously, I don't think anyone's a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah, good point. So oh. if she thinks that... It's all, uh, it's all on the market. The market <laughs> decides what the what the value of an item is. Yeah. Um, does that... Is that a turn off if a is woman it, is, is like Is it a deal breaker for you? Because I will say, sure, yeah, that's a deal breaker she's for me. That, if she yeah. thinks she's a 10 out of 10... Like I don't want that. Del- I don't want to deal with that delusion. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Ten out of ten is deal yeah. breaker for me. Yeah. yeah. You would say it's you, a- you look. You should have high standards yeah. as you should. Right. But if you think that you deserve six foot, six pack, six inches, and six figures, and you're not doing anything, you just wake up. <laughs> then obviously, obviously, you have a little delusion in you. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, you should have high standards. But yes, if if she's delusional. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, what, what's that going to translate to in the future? Like, if she's already delusional from the get-go, then what, what are we going to be dealing with later on down the road? Yeah, yeah. So, you would you so is that a would you agree if a girl tells you that she's a ten out of ten or she thinks she's a ten out of ten, you're just like, okay, yeah, man, recreational use only. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would, <laughs> I would agree. I, I, I would definitely, uh, <laughs> I would definitely be turned off by 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 that. Yeah. Um, I do. I do like humility. I like right. somebody who can see the reality <laughs> and is not delusional, um, because I'm a very real person, very right. authentic. That's right. who I am. That's who I vibe with, and I want my partner to be at the same level. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, if, if you're if you're thinking you're a, a, a ten or eleven out of ten, and you, you're just a six, then, <laughs> then it, it ain't gonna work. Now, if you're a six out of ten, but you're authentic, shoot. Boop, 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 boop. Get more points. Hey. Like a seven at best, though, right? Like, yeah, well, I mean, I, authenticity for me, personally, is, is sure. two points. Two points? Two points. You get two points. He's an eight. I, I, love, I, love, I love authenticity. That's, right, that's, right. that's, that's super yeah. important. It is, right? You get that. But uh, that's good. That's very good. Anything you want to add to that, dog? Nothing. Nothing. Anything else you want to cover, JD? Man, uh, well, so I have the the fourth one, but oh, you, you know, got I, it now. I, no, well, oh. I, I don't. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna. I'm, I guess I'll have to save it because you know. Yeah, uh, time, running time out of time. Alone, you guys but, have to come back for the next but, episode if you're gonna get that fourth one. But so far, yeah, we have three. Yeah, three good ones. So there's yeah, there's four four things you can do to uh, prepare yourself to be ready for a relationship and be a better partner. Right. Uh, so far, we have uh, number one: treat yourself as if you're somebody that you're responsible for. Right. Number two is take care of yourself in biological order, and number three is establish your identity. Yeah. Fourth one, we'll have to come later. I think the third one is uh, my favorite so far because I think that again, in my experience, that's the one that people struggle with the most. They don't maintain or they don't establish their identity, so it's easily swayed once they're in the relationship. 
they start mm. to change because they don't have a solid identity. They're just ready to change to whoever they're dating. Right, 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 right. Big problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alright. And if we're good, we're good. Thank you for watching. The next episode will also uh, cover, again, similar topics. Hopefully we can bring JD back to introduce us to the fourth uh, thing to, that you can do to better yourself. Again, I hope there's some uh, important things that you guys can take away from this because this is coming from professional sources. Source, <laughs> not sources. A professional source. Um, but yeah, please like, comment, and subscribe. I think other things that YouTubers say, I don't know, I don't fucking watch that shit. But yeah we're good anyone mm-hmm. else anything else i think we're good all right good. then thank you for watching i'm gonna play y'all out please enjoy this tune in three two one